Welcome everyone, the Reverend Mary Vano here, and you are listening to JOY, a podcast from St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm blessed to have some great friends, in part because now I get to ask them to do podcasts with me. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend, the Reverend Daryl Hay. Daryl is the rector of St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Bryan, Texas. If you're not familiar with Bryan, that's right there next to College Station and Texas A&M University, although Daryl is a longhorn in Aggie territory. (laughs) Thanks for joining me for this conversation today, Daryl. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me to participate. Daryl, why don't you start just by telling us a little bit about yourself? I'm an Episcopal priest. I've known Mary for 20 years now. We started seminary together August of 2000. I live in Bryan, as Mary said, with my wife, Terry, and our three sons. One son's at UT, and another one just graduated from high school, and I have another son who is a sophomore in high school. We have two Labrador retrievers and three cats. Great set of friends, Mary Vano being one of them. The rest is uh, others. I think others have um, been on the show with you. I have good friends and serve a great church in an interesting part of Texas. And I am a Longhorn in Aggieland. It's all good. Aggies are great. I appreciate their traditions. They're an ambitious university. I remain neutral in the Aggie Longhorn battle as a horned frog. I'll just leave y'all to it. <laughs> the great universities yeah, yeah. of Texas. So. <laughs> That's right. TCU is a great university as well. <laughs> so Daryl and I are going to be talking today about the idea of finding our roots that is learning more about our ancestors, where we came from, and how that history influences who we are today. Daryl, you are planning a sabbatical, which we hope will happen relatively soon. And in that sabbatical, you intend to travel with your family to discover more about your roots. So how did you decide that you wanted to do this for your time away from the parish? Well, as I understand, the Lilly Foundation, to whom I applied for this clergy renewal grant, as I understand, looks for kind of an overarching theme. And if they don't, I just wanted to provide one and Mm -hmm. sort of to frame the whole thing for the parish as well, because they'll benefit from this. And there's plans for them, things to do while I'm away related to this topic. I knew I wanted to rest some. I knew I wanted to travel some. I knew I wanted to rest again. I haven't had a sabbatical before. Didn't put rest at the end of it, really, and so really wanted to have some rest at the end. But we did want to travel. We did the family make a big, giant road trip through the eastern part of the United States, the last sabbatical in 2011, and we knew we wanted to travel again as a family. This kind of being the last opportunity, perhaps, for all of us as the boys go to school and begin to work. We thought this might be a last hurrah for all of us to be together as a family unit without other people perhaps joining in some event like that. So we wanted to travel, and I wanted to frame it in a way that was meaningful to me. I did grow up with a mother who frequently reminded me that I was a fourth Lithuanian. Her father, his parents were immigrants from Lithuania. And I thought this might be one opportunity for me to actually visit Lithuania since my mother hadn't done that. And I don't think she has any plans to do that at this point in her life. And so I thought it would be a great opportunity to go back. I've heard so much about it. Henry and Marie traveled here in the early 1900s. He came over earlier. She came over a few years later. Thought it would be a great endpoint to a journey through Europe that I envisioned as well to also visit sites not just important to my life, but you know, in being a Christian and priest, it would be kind of neat to see where the roots of Christianity were, at least in Europe, not Jerusalem or Galilee and Judea, at least the European roots for Christianity. I, too, received one of these Lilly grants for a clergy renewal sabbatical. 
several years ago. And it's amazing how some intentional time away with a purposeful study, with some really well-designed travel, it can be amazingly restorative. So I am praying. I hope you all will pray with me that this grant will be a possibility for Daryl. So Lithuania, I will admit that I know next to nothing about Lithuania, but you have heritage there. And not only in Lithuania, you have near ancestors who immigrated to this country. So I'm curious about what it means to you. What are the stories you've heard that tell you about what it is to come from Lithuania? Does that influence your sense of identity in any way? I can say that what my mother has told me is that her grandparents, who she knew, they eventually settled in Alabama after living some time in Chicago where my grandfather was born. They settled in Alabama on a farm and they really never talked about it, about the past. They didn't pass on the language. My grandmother, I don't think she even knew how to write. And so I think it was a journey for my mother to go back and kind of find out about Lithuania, even before she really got into genealogy sometime mm-hmm. later. But I think for whatever reason, that was important to her of that, of that history. And so I see this as kind of an opportunity to want me to learn about Lithuania which is kind of a sad history in some ways. It actually had a golden era when it was kind of a bipolar kingdom with Poland, kind of shared a state together. But to go back and learn about it, having not grown up with stories about the family over there, but just having learned a little through time about Lithuania, this would be an opportunity to learn even more and visit this place. value just to exploring another part of the world. Exploring the part of the world that our ancestors came from is a great place to start, learning a different perspective. My parents, especially my mother in recent years, they've started exploring more of their genealogy as well. It takes a lot of time. I haven't done all that much. I think it's easier now than it used to be because of ancestry yes. and the internet. My mom did a lot of the internet stuff, pre-internet or like early internet, 90s internet. My parents have done the DNA testing and they're on Ancestry.com. It's interesting to know a couple of things. I've learned that my ancestors almost all come from England and Scotland and almost all immigrated there in the mid-18th century. And knowing just a little bit of that history, not knowing the people in particular, but that history suggests that they were likely convicts, (laughs) indentured servants, maybe some who traveled after the loss at the Battle of Culloden in Scotland. So it is interesting stuff. So why do you think it is valuable to know your ancestors, to know who they were? I think it's especially important for people in the United States to know their ancestors, because none of us really, unless you're an indigenous person, actually, we're from here. I mean, we're all immigrants, unless you were indigenous. I think it's important to know that we are not of this place, even though we do claim it, and that we did come from somewhere else. That's important to remember. It provides a context. Why did we get here? How did we get here? My grandfather, Henry, he came over in the family lore. He wanted to come over because he didn't want to serve in the Russian Navy because at that time, Lithuania was part of really the Russian Empire. That provides a context for why I'm here. Somebody didn't want to do something that they didn't feel like was maybe the right thing. 
So most of us in the United States can think about our identity and what it means to have come from travelers, people who have journeyed, people who have left really hard circumstances and worked to find something new, something prosperous, opportunity for good, meaningful work and freedom for their families. People come here now, whether legally or illegally, because they want those same things. So that's just something we can all really claim to have in common. We're all looking for those opportunities to prosper, to be safe. It's a deep and shared part of our humanity. So I suppose that at least part of the reason we take on these genealogical quests is that it informs our own sense of identity. It's like that ancient aphorism, know thyself. Sometimes when we're studying our grandparents and great-grandparents, we uncover patterns that can shed light on our ways of thinking and acting. I have studied less genealogy and more family systems theory, and that also talks about how, you know, patterns of behavior get passed on from generation to generation. I will also say that I think that our ancestry is actually just one of the roots that keeps us grounded. So, Daryl, I noticed in your sabbatical plans, you also intend to visit some places that are closer to home. You want to tell us about those places? The first thing is going to a retreat for myself in the Houston area. And I come from the Houston area and I'm going to go to Via de Mattel, which is not far from where I grew up. Actually, it's not far from where another set of grandparents settled in Harrisburg on the southeast side of Houston. And so that's one place that I plan on going to. At the end of the sabbatical, we'll be coming back to Texas. So one of my sons can go to summer camp. Is this what you're referring to? I'm thinking about Lady, Lady Lodge. Yes, well, that's, right. that's right. That's where we're going. So the plan is that while Stuart goes to camp, Terry and I will go to Laity Lodge. Uh, they have a retreat house. We've done two retreats there at their quiet house. It's up on a hill that's hard to get to. There's no cell phone there or service. Spent a few days there, but Laity Lodge is important to us. It is where Terry grew up going to camp as a youth. It's where our children have gone at a camp. And that's where she and I really met. We happened to sit next to each other at a young adults retreat in 1996 sponsored by St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin. We'd met once or twice, had a few conversations before then, but something clicked at lunch in the refectory of Laity Lodge in September of 96, for some reason. So it's kind of cool. She has a history. We have a shared history of that place, which makes it pretty awesome. When I was reading your sabbatical plan, I just noted how Laity Lodge is like this place that has gravity for you and for your family. It's special for Terry's roots there. It's special for the way that you and she met there and for your kids as well. I think it's a kind of root for you, for your family. It's one of those holy places. Lady Lodge is a great retreat center in Central Texas. I even got to go on a trip with you to Laity Lodge. That's right. That's 20 right. years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago, around this time, right? Yes, yes. Part of the August yeah. course, the last uh, weekend of August course. That's where I met one of our friends as my roommate. Morgan was my roommate. And he and I connected over Bruce Springsteen. So we find places in our life's journey that take on special meaning. My experience is that it's often good to go back and visit those places. I am someone who's moved a bunch of times in my life. I grew up in Mississippi and Tennessee and then Texas. My parents continued to move after I was out of the house, and I've moved a couple times as well. So I've kind of lived in a lot of places. 
But some of those places along the way have been more than just stops. They have become meaningful. A few years ago, I had occasion to drive through Mississippi, and I was surprised that my route actually took me through Yazoo City. That was the small town that I lived from about age two to nine. So it had been forever since I'd been to Yazoo City. I didn't think it was on the way to anywhere, but (laughs) but it happened to be on the way to where I was going on that trip. And so since I was driving through there, I thought, you know, I'm just going to stop here and I'm going to find my old church, find my old home. I'm going to find the place where my brother and I used to play as children and especially the church. So I stopped into the church. It was a weekday, so I think only the church secretary was in the building, and I asked if I could go in and see. So I went into this little church, and it was just this powerful experience because I realized standing there, it was in that place where I first knew something about God's love. It was in my family of origin, but in my family, in that church where I sat in the pew next to my mother and she showed me how to sing the hymns and I watched my father preside at the Eucharist and also felt loved by so many of the people in that church. It was powerful and I hadn't thought about that church for years and years, but going there was like tapping into one of those roots finding the place where some seeds of my faith were planted. It was a pretty strong experience. As a person that never moved around very much, I grew up in the same community, Pasadena, Texas, mm-hmm. outside of Houston. Moved there when I was you know, one and left there when I was practically 21. So I was there 20 years. Whenever I go back, it's been a while, unfortunately. It was always an excursion to go drive around and visit the old places. And fortunately, the church I grew up in, St. Peter's, San Pedro's, Pasadena is still there and worshiping community. And I go back and wander the halls of the Christian Ed building and go into the church, even though it's different than it was. It still has the same feel, same smell, same sense of the holy and sacred. This doesn't sound quite right, but it's a melancholy joy for some reason. You know, just the passage of time, but it's always good. And just drive around and see the places that I used to, well, I mean, mainly just drive around. Same streets as a teenager that I drove on, I get to go back and see them again. They're much changed, but it's still, there's always a sense of, I lived here. Sense of that community and that place is also, you know, goes back to when my father grew up in that, in that city, moved there when he was an adult. And my other great-grandparents set up a move from Michigan to Pasadena, lived on a farm where the Shell Refinery is now on the ship channel. So have deep roots in that area as well that go back to the early 20th century. It's kind of on both sides of the family, different places, but that affection and the storytelling around those people is important. And the most important place for some reason, besides maybe the church and not the house I grew up in, but the house that my father grew up in is still there on the north side of Pasadena. And I would spend time there as a child with the whole family there, usually on Sunday evenings, you know, so I remember like watching Wild Kingdom and Mutual of Omaha, the Disney program that came on on Sunday nights and gathered with the family. 
I usually drive by that house as well. And I actually had the thought of like knocking on the door and saying, can I come in and look? <laughs> Terry recommended I like write a letter to the people that live there and just explain rather than just showing up. I have affection <laughs> for that house for some reason, for that sense of family. Yep. So those places are important. And I actually liked your turn of phrase, that melancholy joy. I think the joy is its hard to describe, but it's about thinking about how we've grown, how we have been formed by the places and the people around us. We take on all those attributes from those life experiences. And I think the melancholy, for me anyway, when I visit those places, the melancholy is about the people who were once there who are no mm. longer. That's what I have found as somebody who has moved a fair amount in my life is that when I have left a place, I usually don't really miss the place. What I miss are the people. I miss the people that I've loved, the people that I've laughed with. And so when we move on and we return, we get to visit something about what was once there, but we don't get exactly to relive all that so we that's received the melancholy in that time. Part. That right. is the melancholy. Yeah. So I wonder if it would also be fair then to say that the people whom we love and the people who love us are another root for our lives. They're important and they keep us grounded. Your sabbatical plans as well, Daryl, they are designed, I think, to keep you connected to that root that is your family. That's important. I don't know how other families are, but certainly for this clergy family, it's been very important. I mean, we had eight years in one community together. And that was kind of the boys there in Bryan. That was LaGrange mm -hmm. here. It was kind of us together. Having that one particular three-week, six-day road trip together where we did visit Mary Vando and her family. Got to see St. Margaret's. We went to and the Clinton Museum. The boys didn't, weren't as interested as, as much <laughs> as I was, at least. I think that sense of being together as a family is important. And we, we got to do it all again during the pandemic. We all got to be together <laughs> for five months or so, which was great. Sad mm -hmm. for my oldest, and he had to come home from UT and live with us. But it was nice to get the family back together for an extended amount of time. are going to get to take sabbaticals. But I think what we're saying here is that there is a kind of value to finding opportunities to connect with our roots, or maybe another way of saying is to connect with those things that have formed us and that continue to be life-giving for us. So yes. we've talked about the roots of our ancestors, knowing where we came from, the stories that have been passed on. We've talked about the roots of special places in our life that have impacted us, the special people. We haven't said much about this, I don't think, but also there's that root of our own faith tradition. You're going to be discovering some of those European roots of our Christian faith that we share. Right. The plan is for Iona, for Canterbury, in particular Rome. I don't remember if I had it in my plan. I would love to go to Krakow and Poland. But yeah, so trying to get back, see those sites. Both Terry and I never had the opportunity to visit Europe in our younger years. And so this is an opportunity to do some of that stuff, but particularly grounded in visits to a few holy sites that are important in Christian history. 
So I think this discovery of our roots is important because I think that they bring us back to the present moment. The whole exploration seems to lead us here now where we can maybe take some hope and courage from the past and have the wisdom to overcome the old destructive patterns that might have influenced our lives and where we can gain some perspective about valuing the people who are part of our lives now. This finding our roots is about being connected with the source of life here because it's here that we are growing the roots for the next generation, thinking about what we pass on. And realizing that we're rather temporary when it comes to the time and history. Perhaps inspires me to be try to be a good steward of this moment and this time of this life, the relationships that I have, the places I live. Yeah. For me, the whole thing, the sabbatical does take part of one family, but you know, you have so many relatives if you think about it. I mean, you have two sets of grandparents, but then four sets of great-grandparents. I don't know much about my dad's side that far up and the great-grandparent level, but both sides of my family are equally important. Both of the family lore have been passed on, particularly my mother's side, on both of her parents. So it's all very important. I can't exactly articulate why, but I've always had affection for people I've never met. I wish I'd had more stories about them, but I'm grateful for knowing what I know about my family. We can certainly be grateful for those who've gone before. Absolutely. We have that great cloud of witnesses, like in Hebrews, the great cloud of witnesses, the saints around us who give us courage in the way that they have lived their lives. And I don't know about you, but I love thinking about that cloud of witnesses being there to watch over us and encourage us to make the most of our fleeting lives. As I like to say on this podcast, I do believe that our joy is complete for today. Daryl, thank you for joining me for this. I know our listeners appreciate it. I do hope that you'll get to take that sabbatical soon, as soon as it's safe. And we're praying for that grant to be offered to you. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. Please remember to send in questions or suggestions for conversations that you'd like to hear in the future. Listen again next time, and remember that R-J-O-Y is not complete without you. is a production of St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks to Stephen Vano, who composed and performed our theme music, and to Heidi Soule, our producer. Mm-hmm.